a moment or two to the angry young man With his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand He's been stabbing the back, he's been misunderstood It's a comfort to know his intentions are good And he sits in a room with a lock on the door With his knives and his medals laid out on the floor And he likes to be known as the angry young man Wahahaha. Good evening. Good evening, goblins, ghouls, and witches. Hey, uh, Halloween's coming up. It's on Thursday. So if you don't have a costume yet, uh, get one. Uh, Paul, what are you dressing up as? And no politics on this answer. You know, it's funny you say that because what immediately came to mind is the fact that at some point in college, I dressed up as Mitt Romney for Halloween for <laughs> no other reason than the fact that I had a Mitt Romney mask that I don't know where I even got it from. Um, <laughs> and my like randomly assigned roommates freshman year was like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? He's dressed up as Mitt Romney for Halloween. I don't know. I don't know where I got that mask. It was more a result of me being lazy yeah, I was like, I already have a costume. I, I don't know what I'm dressing up as. Se- a sexy yet, Mitt Romney, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, well, sorry, Pierre, that's just isn't uh, that just whatever. Mitt Romney, though? Let's be honest. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> must be to get to 20 kids like that, you know what I'm saying? True. No, uh, very true. <laughs> I think most of us are adopted anyways. But anyways. Whoa. Um, You're th- whoa. You had to bring out the, ado- the adoption thing, huh? <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. You uh, brought it up, man. I didn't say anything about it. That's all you. I I just meant that the implication I was making about him having 20 kids making him sexy doesn't necessarily hold water if most of them were adopted. No, the math checks out to to me. (laughs) What do do you dressing up as, Zach? Yeah, great pivot. Excellent. This intro is just garbage. Uh, I, I've went from uh, indirectly endorsing a politician by saying I dressed up to them by indirectly not endorsing them by insulting them. <laughs> now that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting uh, a point that you've made is that do you feel that if, if someone were to dress up as anyone else, that's like an endorsement? I don't know. I because th- if I so, we've a got fair... a lot of like Freddy Krueger twenty twenty people out in. That's Halloween actually a really week. great point. Yeah. That, like, I guess if you're dressing up as something scary, it doesn't mean that you, like, love that scary thing and, like, endorse what it believes. So now are you, are you like, lumping in Mitt Romney amongst, like, a scary thing? Which may it's totally fair. It's, that's valid. He's I'm so just terrifying that, that seeing him strikes fear in voters everywhere. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I'm, going as, uh, I'm going as Woody from Toy Story. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I have a. I heard you say "hmm" into an echo, which means that you're taking a drink of probably an alcoholic beverage right now. So, oh, oh you bet I am. It's a really crappy white claw knockoff. Oh, I have a white claw knockoff too. What's your white claw knockoff? It's like, uh, Cape Line. Oh shit, that's way more of a knockoff than what I have. I've got Bon and Viv, which I believe is the original oh, seltzer. I think white I actually claw like Cape. Bo- uh, bon and Viv or Bone and Viv. I actually think that's a good one. Yeah, no, it's um, really good. I like it too. I, I, I saw this one had some flavors like mojito and strawberry lemonade. I was like, that sounds fun. It's it's not that great, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, but I have them. So I guess we won't get a sponsor from them anytime soon. <laughs> bon and <laughs> Viv, though, not. hit us up. Yeah, I actually really like Bon and Viv. Yeah, I'm a fan. 
Uh, it, yeah, no, I'm going as a, I'm going as Woody, the cowboy from Toy Story. I have a, a shirt that's very similar, and jeans that are very similar, and boots. And then at some point that I don't remember why. Oh no, I do remember why. Actually, this is a funny story, so I'll tell it on the podcast. It's supposed to be funny, that has failed to do so so far. Um, I went to Walmart one time. I needed a Halloween costume for a Halloween party. I went to Walmart, and I uh, had a, I, I found a Woody costume on the shelf. So I mm-hmm. bought it, and that was the only thing I bought. And the cashier was a very kind elderly woman who asked me if this was for my child because the Woody costume <laughs> was naturally sized for a 6 to 12-year-old adult child. Sorry, a human adult child, child. Not an adult child. A human <laughs> child. It was sized for a 6 to 12-year-old human child. Okay. Not an adult is what I meant to say. So naturally, she asked me, my 21-year-old self at the Walmart, oh, is uh, you taking your son trick-or-treating? And I, God bless her, I didn't want to break her heart. I didn't want to tell her like, oh, no, well, (laughs) more importantly than breaking her heart, I didn't want to admit to her that I was a 21-year-old purchasing a kid's Halloween costume for myself. So instead of- You going to put on the little badge? Yes, there was a badge, and yes, I did wear it. Instead of (laughs) being honest with her, I told her that it was for my- 11 year old son Tyler and then I spun this long story she said so I thought that was the end of the story right I thought when she said that and I said yeah it's for my 11 year old Tyler we're going trick-or-treating tomorrow for my office party which is what I said I'm not lying (laughs) then she said oh is Tyler your only kid which which is such a curveball I was not expecting that so well (laughs) I I mean what else am I I just said no I also have a daughter she said her name is Jessica May and that was <laughs> that was a conversation that I was not expecting to improv myself out of, but it it re- it remains one of my fondest Halloween memories. Is the time that I convinced an elderly Walmart cashier that I have two children, Tyler and Jessica May, who I am buying a costume for to go trick or treating at my company in my office Halloween party. I could have just said, "Oh no, this is for me," but to just save myself from embarrassment, I ended up getting hung up. Like people were waiting in me in line because she was asking me about my kids and what grade they were in, which was a which is a, an extra curveball because I don't immediately know what grade an eleven year old is in. That's a tough question, right? Because if you say the wrong grade, if you're like, "Ooh, he's in a third grade," uh, you've just outed your kid as an idiot. Uh, right, right, that right. Back, like, or myself, times. or myself as like an absentee father. <laughs> It Which was is a rough significantly scenario. worse than you just wearing a kid's costume. Is it though? I'm still pretty proud of how it turned out, and she bought it, so we're good. Huh? I, I think that 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 was a winning situation. I think you did well there. Yeah. No, it turned out it turned out real nice. So anyway, long story short, I'm using some leftover. So <laughs> the shirt and pants, again, size for a six to twelve year old child, surprisingly did not fit over my body when I was twice that age. <laughs> So uh, they, the clothes themselves ripped, but the holster, the sheriff's badge, the boot spurs, and the hat still Wait, work. wait. Did you so, try to wear the clothes? I, you didn't really need to circle back and reiterate that embarrassing <laughs> point. Uh, yeah, I did. I, try, I really tried my best. The long sleeves were like bi- mid-bicep on me, and then they all ripped. It was a crop top. It was a sexy crop top. So you were a sexy Woody for Halloween? Well, I was trying to be a sexy Woody, but then the costume ripped, so I just went as Woody. And I'm uh, <laughs> repurposing the costume again for – I'm going to wear it to work next week. 
or I'm, I'm sorry, it's this week. Don't you pay no another, attention to recording. We're, we're, the, this you, episode's this week. Did Did you find a, another uh, shirt and pants intended for a six year old to wear to your work Halloween party? <laughs> No, these are adult-sized clothings that I will wear uh, in okay. conjunction. the The slutty Woody comes out the the, the night that that night oh, Halloween night. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we basically we're running with a sexy Mitt Romney and then just a regular Woody. I think Woody sounded pretty sexy in this context, personally. But okay, well, sure. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it is. I'm in the costume, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's enough bullshitting, Paul. <laughs> I'm really glad. I love that story about uh, the grocery store. I'm it's a very that funny story. It is. I need to tell it when I wear the costume uh, and on Halloween because it's not something that I remember often. Only about once a year do I ever consider it. But it is it funny. Makes sense. Are you uh, you ready to uh, to actually do the show that we came here to do today? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty excited about today's show. I think we should get into it. Um, I, so rumor has it that, and the rumor is from you, you started the rumor and it's only spread to me. It's just a one-to-one rumor, very personal rumor, but rumor (laughs) has it that, uh, you have done some extensive preparation for today's episode and you are very excited for what may be a long rant. So I think that you probably ought to lead us off. I will. Do we need to do the normal like intro stuff or are we just saying screw it and jumping in holy shit it's been so long since we haven't had a third person on the show that i just completely ignored that that was something that we do so i guess maybe we (laughs) should do it uh this is episode 26 of not all bad and i'm your host zach andrews unfortunately for you and this is paul messman um if this is your first time listening to the show uh, this is a show about ranting raving uh we're each going to take a turn ranting on a topic that we handpicked although Paul's might be pretty long today, so I don't know if I'm going to rant. But anyway, it's true. Uh, we'll, after that, work together to rant on a topic we draw from a hat submitted by our lovely listeners. And then we'll cap the show off by uh, each, again, taking a turn to rant on a topic in a positive light. Do a happy rant. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Does that do it? Yeah. Um, I guess before we go any further, we're uh, available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at NotAllBadShow, and you can email us NotAllBadShow at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to be a guest on the show, reach out NotAllBadShow at gmail.com again. Uh, let us know if, if you're interested, and we will get you on an episode coming up. I think uh, episode 27 and 28, if everything goes according to plan, we'll have guests on both of them. And we had a guest on 22 and 25, I think. That sounds right to me. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of guests lined up, and we're very excited about it. If you want to add yourself to the list, uh, notallbadshow at gmail.com, and that will cover it. Perfect. I am, I'm ready to get into it, though, if you are. Yeah, no, I am. I, I'm ready for you to get into it. I'm not okay, ready perfect. to get into it myself. I Before I even get into this, though, and before I even get oh, into well, I saying was, that we're I was ready. into this. Yeah, I was um, ready. You just got me riled up for nothing. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just want to add in uh, that... Um, as I was preparing and doing extensive research for this topic, I, at some point I, 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 I had a perfect bill of health and then out of nowhere, I just had a fit of, uh, no fewer than 20 sneezes, uh, probably roughly 25 or 30. And now somehow those sneezes were intense, uh, and violent enough that I've kind of lost my voice. 
Uh, and so while I intended to talk about this extensively, we'll see how well my voice holds up. I just feel the need to add that in. Uh, it was probably karma for me saying that I didn't need any blessings for my sneezes. Uh, <laughs> the sneezes then came back with a vengeance, and since there was no one here to bless me, they they did not go away. And I refuse. I refuse um, to bless you. I will. I won't allow you to be a hypocrite. It's true. Yeah, I I definitely said last episode. Uh, you should listen to it. it's a good episode. Uh, very contentious episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, did, I did say that I didn't want any blessings uh, for anything. You brought this on yourself. <clears throat> that being said, uh, Zach, uh, this week I did. This has been something that has been bothering me for years, <laughs> and and I'm glad that I can finally bring this to the public's attention. Okay, let's hear. I it. don't think it's discussed nearly enough. Um, <clears throat> today I I watched a movie right before this. I'll tell you what it is in a moment. <clears throat> comes from a pretty well-respected uh, studio uh, called Miramax. Uh, you may be familiar, they produced uh, Pulp Fiction, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, Kill Bill, No Country for Old Men, uh, Goodwill Hunting, lots of very famous films, yeah. uh, including today's, uh, which is called Ella Enchanted. <laughs> um, ha- have you seen the movie Ella Enchanted, I have Zach? not, actually. <laughs> oh, boy. You feel free to ask any questions, but uh, for anyone who for some reason would care, I'm going to spoil the shit out of El Enchanted. Uh, and so if you for some reason care, like you've been, oh, I've been I've been holding off on watching that for 20 years. Like, how <laughs> could you spoil that right now? Uh, this is your chance. I'm warning you. Uh, you. You are welcome to go watch El Enchanted now if you would like. <clears throat> See, El Enchanted was uh, released in 2004. I don't know exactly where, but I, I I believe I watch it on like Disney Channel or something. Um, and the thing is, I it's starring Anne Hathaway. It's definitely intended a young to be Anne just Hathaway. a yes. Uh, it's definitely intended to be just a <clears throat> fun kids movie kind of uh, your poor man's Cinderella, if you will. <laughs> um, and you're supposed to watch it, feel some good feelings, move on. And the thing is, up until tonight, I had never watched it again since I was a kid. But similar to a a, a different topic I did, I've been thinking about this movie uh, periodically for the past 10 to 15 years of my life. Um, (laughs) This is going to be a heavy topic. I can sense the trauma that's in your voice tonight. I'm excited. (laughs) Let me give you a general rundown of the story. So, there's... This is some kind of magical kingdom. I guess it's medieval times. I have a lot of notes, so some of this is going to be all over the place. I, like I said, right before we recorded this, I watched the entire. I I paid money to watch Paul, this movie. Oh no! Because I did. I wanted to do it justice. This anger and is so fresh. I, <laughs> I paid money to rent this, uh, and let me tell you, I I mean, if you want to treat this like a film club, you guys can go watch this and come back and then listen to this. Let us know your thoughts. But anyways, um, I don't know why I even ask our listeners for emails. They're never going to email us. I just need to get over that. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Mm. So I'll take a swig of something just to prepare myself. This, All right, so the oh, premise this of this. is going to be good. <clears throat> I can't wait. This is a magical medieval kingdom. <clears throat> uh, it starts with this uh, giant pan of like a camera going through some castles, through some green... Uh, pastures to 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 give you a sense of the scope of this kingdom uh it's really poor like cgi um 
kind of. I'm not. It almost looks like paper mache. Uh, it's pretty disappointing. Right off the bat, they give you a sense of the quality of this film that they're they're pretty much half-assing the production aspect. Um, and for what it's worth, I, I am going to shit on this movie a lot. Oh, are the, you? <laughs> oh, so really? Okay. I will say, not all of it makes me mad, and I'm going to do my best to point out some fun little sections that I enjoyed. <laughs> but the basic premise I'm going to get to in a moment is really what bothers me. So you get to the house of this... Uh, this young poor family and there's a mother there's a house fairy which is never really explained because no other family in the film has a a fairy that's just living in the house I don't know if she's a slave uh, I, I don't really know uh, her role we really this. need the Ella Enchanted prequel <laughs> we do uh, I, I want what I m- want most is more world building frankly uh, and so <coughs> And so uh, the movie starts off with Ella being born. So Ella's born and um, she, her mother is like holding her in the crib. And for some reason they're worried. They're like, oh, what if this fairy godmother comes tonight? And you're kind of like, that's weird. Uh, You're getting a sense that this is a magical kingdom. And, uh, you know, I shouldn't dwell on this too much because if I go through the entire movie, we're going to be sitting here for a few hours. Yeah, no, this is already, (laughs) this is chugging. (laughs) We're, we are so, just chugging. Uh, the fairy godmother comes in and she gives a blessing to to Ella, and the blessing is she says, "I give you the gift of obedience." So that means that it's like a magical, what's supposed to be gift, but you find out is a curse that <clears throat> Ella is going to always be obedient. So this sounds like a, a a nice cheesy thing, but this is the premise that really bothers me: is that. Ella, if anyone says she has to do anything, she has to do it. And this is what has bothered me for years. I didn't even remember very much about this movie, but this premise just bothers me because what what you start to, I'm going to just give you some examples as it's fast forward. She's older. Uh, she has some evil stepsisters because her mom dies. Her dad remarries uh, evil stepmother. Uh, like we, I said, we've all the, been there. The, the poor man's uh, syndrome. Right. And like, it's like, you, you see scenes of like a kid says bite me she is magically inclined to bite the kid someone says give me that necklace and like you hear a little ding she reaches she grabs the necklace and has to hand it over um and so it's like she is magically obligated to do all these things but the logic really falls apart the more you go through this and it it just bothers me so much <laughs> So, I just have, like, a lot of questions about this. Uh, give me a moment. I'm just going to look at my uh, notes here. By all means. Uh, <laughs> so, let me... Really let quick, me, Zach. So, so is... So they, Go ahead. They refer to this as a gift or a blessing? Um, They refer to it as a blessing, The at least the fairy does, though to in defense of the movie... Uh, the mother and this live-in fairy attempted to hide Ella because they somehow knew the fairy godmother was coming and they were in the, under the impression that she gives the worst gifts. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So, a few things. Uh, for one, at some point, Ella is told to practice some instrument and she's like, all right, I'm coming. She's like walking slowly and, and then her mother shouts, faster. And it basically, she like, 
at, at light speed sprints through the house. It's like she suddenly gains magical powers to get to her instrument quickly. So this implies that if someone tells her to do something, she, even if she's physically incapable of doing what they said, <laughs> that some magical force will make her capable of doing that. And before you say, oh, that was just a one funny example, this happens repeatedly in the movie. Uh, at another point, she is obligated by her stepsisters to steal something because her stepsisters are awful. And they're like, steal that. And she's like, please, no, don't tell me. And then she has to like grab the things. It's really dramatic. Um, <laughs> it sounds and- like I'm riveted, frankly. She's being chased by the police, and at some point she jumps over something, and they yell, freeze, and her body literally freezes in midair. Like, everyone else is like, whoa, what is that? And then they're like, that's weird, and they just arrest her and don't think about it. But, like, there's a lot of implications about this curse on her, that if anyone just tells her something, that that her body and whatever magical force is binding it can do that, can, like, do whatever... That is being told of her, which has a lot of implications that aren't really explored. And I think that's really where this movie's lacking, that they don't fully explore what they could with this. There's some serious potential to, to just wreak havoc. Yeah, it, it, it's not. And here's the other thing is that so her evil stepsisters, they catch on pretty quickly. They're they're idiots, but they somehow catch on quickly um, <clears throat> that she will do whatever you tell her. But for some reason, Ella keeps it a secret from everyone. She could tell her close friends, which she has a few of, uh, that that she has this curse and that they can help her out. But instead, she she doesn't tell them, and then they wonder why she suddenly will be mean to them because she's cursed. Or she will... This movie is surprising political. At some point, she's racist to her friend because her stepsisters made her. Uh, and if she had just told that friend... Um, then, then that would have solved it. In fact, I'm going to get into that for a moment. This movie is please, yeah, incredibly no. political. I need to hear more about this, this forced racism concept. Like, so, so can, go you, ahead. can you get specific? Like, is this like a made up race? Like her friends are goblins and she has some sort of made up slur for goblins or did her sisters like force her to use a real life racial slur? They didn't tell her to use a slur, but at some point her friend like comes to the door of their house just to like say hi to Ella and hang out and her stepsister. So, so this friend has like darker skin. They make up some race for her. Uh, like, I, I don't know. Like, like Aeolian she's or Ella something. Glovian or like some. Yeah. Ella Glovian, let's yeah. say. Um, <laughs> and, and her sisters are like, go tell her that you could never be friends with an Ella Glovian. And then she goes to this door and says that it's like, okay, that's a little weird. Uh, and also, <laughs> There's, like, magical creatures in this world, but, like, all these, like, giants and elves are enslaved, and ogres are enslaved, like, the humans have enslaved them, and there's, like, a prince going around making political speeches. Again, this is a kid's movie, aired on Disney Channel, he's going around making political speeches, and Ella and some of her friends are at these speeches protesting, uh, saying that they shouldn't be enslaving, like, saying, like, like, fighting for ogre rights, and it's it's just really bizarre that like there's in the underbelly of this movie is a lot of politics. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It's like <laughs> under this weird plot that falls apart in my opinion, there's a lot of politics here. <laughs> like elves are only allowed certain jobs. Like Ogres what? Like what are the are jobs? Ostracized. Oh, the elves are only allowed to be entertainers. So like if you see an elf, they're like somehow obligated to like sing and dance anytime you see them. Uh you see some ogres like laboring in it or no you see giants laboring in a field 
It's really weird. Um, that that is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, and let's see here. I'm looking at my notes here. Like one of her signs says, "Say no to ogre side" at a protest of a political speech of this prince. Say no um, to ogre side. Yeah, like genocide, but ogres, ogre side. It's a very, very political movie. That's more than like forcing them to manual labor. They're just, I guess, just killing. That's just like a genocide against so. ogres. And so it's like, okay, there's just so many examples of her being told to say things or being told to do things, and just the more you think about, it, it's like, could she not? say what she's obligated to than than add something could she not yeah right <laughs> right could, twist could her say, words or never... say it in a tone that satisfies the requirement but communicates that she doesn't actually mean it like like oh i could a lot of never be friends with an eleglovian <laughs> just kidding come on in sorry that was racist <laughs> yeah like ex- sorry i didn't mean exactly. to say that <laughs> <laughs> exactly um the, another random example of magic in this world is that uh, the house fairy accidentally she can do some magic, but not enough to like reverse Ella's curse. Um, I just wanted to throw this in: uh, the house fairy, her boyfriend is a book. I mean that literally. And the house fairy is definitely having sex with that book. I'm just gonna leave it at that. You guys can watch the movie to see what I mean if you really care to find that it. That is such um, a tease, Paul. I don't know how you can just leave it at that. I, you're gonna I'm sit not, me here half aroused after talking about having sex with the book, and that's all you're gonna give me is just go watch the movie. I, I don't know if it fits with the tone of the show to give you uh, the ins and outs of how that would work. This with is book. a children's movie, Paul. <laughs> I don't need to know the description of like what physically that may look like. I just I don't understand how that's represented in the film. I'm saying that it's heavily implied that it happens Jeez. on screen, both because they show the book's capabilities and the book in the fairy <laughs> capabilities suggestively. It's in the in the bedroom. <laughs> no, you just see that the pages can morph into any shape and oh goodness, an object. I. I let, you know, Zach, you, you made me explain this. I'm I'm still just gonna leave it at okay, that. And they flirt, enough. and Elle like cuts them off yeah. to cut the sexual tension. Okay, uh, I'm just, I, I'm reading into it, but it's definitely there. Well, to be fair, I too am in love with the book. It's called the Good <laughs> Book, the Bible. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that save, uh, <laughs> but let's see. Anyway, you can continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's another scene where Ella, like, saves an elf. And the elf is giving her instructions on how to fight. And she's able to do all of them. He'll be like, do a, a, a scissor kick. And then she does some, like, crazy flip thing where she kicks the person. And then he gives her... I, I wish that I knew fighting terms well enough to be able to recreate this scene. I mean, scene, a scissor kick is one. So you, you got that, at least. Yeah, I got something. Uh, and she's able to do all these crazy fight moves just because he says to do them, which implies the magic can tell her things. But it's really bizarre to me that she doesn't seem to remember these after the magic has done them through her. It's really bizarre. Um, and so, uh, just to let you know, at the end of the movie, she gets her, she's trying to find... Th- there's going to be some spoilers here, I'll admit. She's trying to find the fairy godmother who put the curse on her, so she'll reverse it. She won't reverse it, and she kind of sassily says, well, why don't, like, 
if you want to break it, like, you can just break yourself, like, no one's making you do this, which really seems in stark contrast to this being a literal curse that magically obligates her to do things. And the fact that... And... The fact that people were asking her to break the physical laws of the universe, and she was just like, yeah, no, no problem. But all, <laughs> exactly. all along, she could have been like, you know what, I don't... I really would prefer not to travel at the speed of light, if you don't mind. Yeah, exactly. And so some of the bad guys in this... Uh, take advantage of her curse to get her to attempt an assassination on the prince who is in love with her, who she's also in love with. Um, and it's, she's about to do it. And at the end, she, in a very intense scene, she just says, I will like, I will not obey myself. And then she just like drops the knife and she's cured. It's like this whole time you could have just given yourself an instruction to not obey yourself or obey orders and that you could obey that and then be broken the curse. It just, that, that really reveals a lot of Ella's character when, (laughs) when, when the godmother was like, Hey, uh, if you don't want to do it, just don't. And she was like, Oh yeah, no, it's that easy. But flash forward an hour earlier in the movie where someone is like, Hey, why don't you be really racist? And she's like, yeah, no, I guess so. I guess I have to, I guess, I mean, (laughs) what other option do I have? Right. Might as well. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the the main thing. My main issue with the obedience thing. It's just like I could go on and on about that. I've given a lot of examples here already. Um, it's just really weird that's taking advantage of. But but also just the more I think about this movie, it's just weird overall. Like like there's there's a lot of talk about segregation. At some point, they literally have Ella and one of her and someone else in her class having an in-school debate about whether or not they can segregate ogres and whether or not it's right to enslave elves. And the, uh, it's like, <laughs> I didn't catch on to this as a kid, but it's like really political. And like, they have, they have some technology, like you see an escalator at some point, but then you see it's operated by slaves. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot. Um, Yikes. But yeah, I I'm gonna just point out a few random things that I observed in this movie. Frankly, I will say at some point it's like okay, I get it. Like some of these are just jokes. I feel like the writers of this movie recognize how absurd it is. But I'm I'm gonna give the movie a hard time anyways. Um, That's what we're here for. There's a reference. There's a reference made to Medieval Teen magazine. Um, <laughs> that's a funny joke, but also there's the implication. That they re- they call their time period medieval times, and that they have a teen magazine. I don't know. It's a little bizarre to me. Yeah. Um. At some point, a fairy is, uh, seen receive like being pulled over and receiving what's referred to as a FWI, which is a flying while intoxicated. Uh. So drunkenness and uh, encounters with the law are very heavily, uh, represented here. Do you think that? So the. <laughs> That's like equivalent of getting arrested for running while you were drunk. I know. It's more like a public intoxication. Really? <laughs> this seems like a justiceism that a justice system that definitely favors humankind over fairies, which I guess based on all the slavery conversation is probably the case. Yeah. Uh, there's reference made that they take a census every year, which might be the most absurd thing that I call BS on because <laughs> our modern society can only manage to take 
one census every 10 years, and they can barely manage to do that efficiently. Uh, so I, I don't believe that they effectively uh, were able to take a census every year. That's absurd. Right. Um, uh, there's a weird romance between Elf and a Giant. Just wanted to throw that out there. The Giant's really huge, uh, and there's a really weird romance with an Elf. What, could uh, you, they reference... <laughs> go ahead. What is weirder, Elf Giant or Fairy Book? <laughs> Are you looking at your notes? What is this suspicious pause? How, Wait, how what was your question you again? I may have misunderstood. What is, you say? what is worse, in your opinion, the fairy and the book sexual relationship or the elf and the giant? I'm trying to think about it. I'm, I am leaning to say the fairy and the book on the surface seem much worse, but something about the elf and the giant seems equally unsettling to me. So I'm not really sure how to answer. That. Okay. Fair. I'll just have to watch it for myself. <laughs> yeah. You really, you really should. Everyone should uh, at least once so you can be as angry as me. You've done a bad uh, job of convincing the rest of the audience to listen to this, to watch this movie. <laughs> I will say <laughs> <laughs> I've lost all interest in seeing this. Uh, I used to be a super big uh, Ella enchanted fan, but now I won't even watch it. <laughs> and, and so many magical creatures reference the Grimm Brothers fairy tales, which apparently exist in this universe. And also, they they hate the fairy tales because they blame those fairy tales. If you're not aware, most like a lot of like our like our understandings of certain magical creatures and stories actually comes from like Grimm Brothers stories, fairy mm -hmm. tales. Yeah, and. And they, a lot of these magical creatures blame those books for discrimination. <laughs> so it's just like really, really weird. There are some heavy thematic elements in this movie. Yeah, there, there really are. I will say Anne Hathaway does a good job in the role. Uh, she's She plays Ella. Classic uh, Anne. In, sp in, in spite of it being a weird movie, uh, she does a great job. Um that's one of the, and there are some genuinely funny parts where it's like, okay, I can actually tell that this movie isn't taking itself seriously, but I can't just let it slide the whole way just because it really bothers me. <laughs> the entire premise that that she has to obey everything that's told of her, like I just can't get past that to even let this slide as just a dumb kids movie because the logic there is so flawed that it has stuck with me and bothered me since I was like eight or whatever, when I watched this, it's just, it's absurd. Yeah, no, that's fair. It, it definitely sounds absurd. Hey, uh, if you had to take a guess, just take a stab. How many words do you think the Wikipedia plot description of this movie is? <laughs> I'm going to say like 300. Okay. Um, how about 872? Is it really? It is. Yeah, 872. It comprises seven paragraphs, it looks like. So, yeah. I mean, it's worth it is actually a pretty complex plot. Yeah, no, it definitely I get the vibe of that for sure. 872 <laughs> words. Yeah, I will say another note that again, I I'm not even saying this is a fair criticism, just a thing that I have observed is that the movie is very clearly low budget. There's so much done on green screen and like most of the props that are supposed to be like 
swords or other metal things are so clearly plastic. Like, they look like someone went to the library and 3D printed them. <laughs> and so, like, it's just a very low-budget movie. So, again, Paul. this is as if I, like, found some student project and, like, am tearing it to shreds. But... Even so, I found I watched it on Disney Channel as a kid, and so I don't. F- I feel like it's fair to completely criticize this. Paul, this movie cost thirty-one million U.S. dollars to produce. My goodness! And it made <laughs> only twenty-seven point four million. This had a deficit. Hmm. Well, I added four bucks to that tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, this film received mixed reviews from critics, uh, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hathaway is a charming heroine, but the simple storyline gets overwhelmed by silly gimmickry. I can agree with that. Damn. The best family film so far this year. That was the Chicago Sometimes. Oh, no, this is Roger Ebert in 2004. 2004 must have sucked. Yeah, this must have been a bad year for movies. (laughs) 2004 in film uh, was Shrek 2, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is the best one of all of them, Spider-Man 2, The Incredibles, Passion of the Christ, The Day After Tomorrow, Meet the Fockers, Shark Tale. Okay, so this man says that that was the best family film out of like the incredibles and shrek 2 and, and harry, harry potter. potter and spider-man and my favorite family movie the passion of the christ <laughs> this roger how are you such a famous film critic man would <laughs> scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed it's a good one too i was scared of that as a kid yeah I, it's not a great movie but yeah i mean i did see it <laughs> uh, 51st Dates which is not a kids movie but it was it was that year hmm. we don't really need to focus uh, too to carefully on the year 2004 in film but I just thought that was kind of an interesting take considering the rest of the movies that came out that year pretty good year Shaun of the Dead Kill Bill 2 it's a good year for film man Mean Girls Mean Girls was 2004 Van Helsing wow Damn. This is, I'm, I'm disappointed by Roger Ebert that he really thought of it that highly. Although now that I'm looking at it, it, it did come out on April 9th, and so I guess it didn't have a lot of competition uh, for best family film of the year so far. Yeah, at that point, but fair. Nonetheless, uh, really weird. Napoleon Dynamite around the world in 80 days. This iRobot, nobody is interested. I'm just now reading the Wikipedia article for for movies <laughs> that came out in 2004. Um, Fortunately, I, I actually, uh, that was a lot of time, Paul, but I'm glad it was because I don't really have a lot that I'd like to contribute uh, to the, to, I, I feel like we, we just should, should just move on to the random rants because I, I don't want to, I don't have anything that's the SpongeBob SquarePants movie in November. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a lot, National Treasure, holy shit. I don't have a lot that I'm, uh, Million Dollar Baby, Jesus, a lot of good movies. I don't have a lot of, uh, of, of content I'm willing to contribute this week because i feel like i don't i don't want to we've already taken up so much time that i think we should just go around and around I, I don't know how you feel about that but i'm good with that okay um i i need to say that this is the last random rant topic that we've had submitted uh to the show so mm. um we need more 
If you're listening, this is a desperate call to action. Uh, we have two more weeks of guests. Sorry, two more episodes of guests, so about a month. After that, we're going to be bone dry on the random rants. So if you are interested in sending in a random rant topic to be read on the show, you can do so by emailing notallbadshow at gmail.com. Leave your subject line as random rant idea and then put the idea in the body of the message. It can be as simple as just a one-word uh, body text that has your uh, idea in the body and, and that's good enough for us just submit them by email and we'll get them on the show yeah p- guys please we, we really <laughs> we're begging you please <laughs> um so this is the final this final topic that uh has been submitted the last one i must reiterate was submitted by brandon uh his topic is excessive facebook posts <laughs> Which uh, I feel like to a degree I can't really talk on anymore because I deleted my Facebook or I, I didn't delete it. I deleted the app a few months ago and I haven't logged on since and uh, my life has been tremendously better for it. Hmm. I'm logging in right I, now to see what has transpired <laughs> in the last several months. I so I don't I, I have a Facebook account still. I, I don't remember the last time I posted anything on it. Um, maybe I'm occasionally tagged in something. I don't know. My issue with Facebook is that, especially so, especially with people our age, is that I would say ninety to ninety-five of percent of my friends do not post anything, like literally, like anything. Right. The other five to ten percent post so much that it would like take me all day to like go <laughs> through all the things that they're sharing, and it's just ridiculous. They're they're videos that are not worth my time. They like I it's I'm the thing that's similar is like someone who retweets too much on Twitter. But somehow I feel like I've never met someone on Twitter who retweets so much that it bothers me the way that someone's sharing on Facebook does. It's just like but it's probably a similar person, just like every single thing they see. They're like, I need to bring this to the world so people know that I found something funny and credit me with it. I don't I can't think of any other reason that they would do it. It's it's excessive. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, like, just how shit is Facebook as a service? <laughs> I mean, Facebook is really getting the MySpace treatment. It's like it, it's like if you think about all of human history and you think about the greatest empires that have that have ever existed, like things like the Roman Empire and stuff like that. They all come crumbling, crashing down at the end in some sort of dramatic, like horrible, like sad whimper. And uh, I feel like nothing is permanent, basically. Everything is going to die, and a lot of the time it's going to die a slow and painful death. Um, Welcome to Existential Hour on Not All Bad. But (laughs) Facebook is no no different, right? Like it's it's getting the MySpace treatment in that uh, it's it's just a dying medium, and nobody other than this extremely old and out-of-touch people are interested anymore. Yeah, what's... And so I will say some adults that I feel like most people our age have kind of dropped off of Facebook and don't really like it. Um, yes. There's an age bracket that's maybe 15 or 20 years older than us that bizarrely is very into Facebook. Sometimes to a fault, it, I've, if I've witnessed lots of weird, awkward political posts and things, but like <laughs> I, they seem to actually. <laughs> I, I was just going to say I'd wager that it's when you like Facebook, it's always to a fault. Not just sometimes, <laughs> but, but like at least 
some of them seem to be happy and seem to have fun interactions with one another commenting. Fair. And I almost envy them because in, this seems to be a theme a lot when we talk about social media. I wish I wasn't so cynical because I judge everyone for everything they're posting. I question their intentions all the time. <laughs> yeah. I second guess my own intentions about posting so I never post anything. Then I wonder why I'm even on social media because I'm not posting anything. And I'm not getting any enjoyment out of anything else that's being posted. Right. <laughs> And so I actually almost think that I'm the one at fault here because I'm too cynical and assume the worst out of everyone and of myself in in my posting habits. Um, yeah, no, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. This, this coincides weirdly. Facebook seems to be at the center of everything politically and socially, and it's, it's really tiring. And this thing that was created just to rate girls... <laughs> has become a lot bigger and and I wouldn't be upset if it just went away. Is it not is the purpose of this not to rate women anymore because I I maybe have misunderstood. Like I use Facebook. I get on Facebook every day and I just comment on every photo I see and I give them a 1 through 10. <laughs> I I I assumed that was what it was for. Am I mistaken? Yeah, I think that is what it's for. I'm I'm going to Facebook is great for creating connections, but sometimes connections shouldn't be made. Because I had a friend <laughs> in high school. Yeah, that's well who, said. Yeah, who who got tagged in some photos by a girl who I don't know it was some school dance or something. He was tagged in photos that she posted, and uh, this friend's uncle commented on the photo that was posted by her, commenting on the shape of her body. I'll leave it at that. It was much more vulgar than that. Oh, and so oh, that my sucks. friend had to block his uncle and like like all those things because it's like this is completely inappropriate. And my point being, sometimes we don't need to hear from people. Sometimes <laughs> it's not appropriate. Hey man, some people's comments don't need to be heard. Why is it, why is it always uncles who are acting up on the Facebook page? <laughs> Why is it always uncles who are out way out of line when it comes to social media? I feel like that's <laughs> always who. If you're going to have somebody in your family who sucks at social media, it's got to be an uncle every time. Every time. <laughs> and so that, that I, I, I want to try to relate this back to the original topic, but that kind of fits into the people who just post too much. It's like they've got to comment on everything. They've got to share everything. It's just... Some opinions don't need to be heard, and I'm not saying we gotta stop them or anything weird like that. I'm just saying, I I I just need to get off Facebook. This this topic might be what motivates me to just delete it and end it all. I uh I just I logged on for the first time again in like 14 weeks. It's bullshit. Yeah. It sucks. No, it sucks. It really sucks. This is terrible. I've got I I've got like 600 notifications. None of them are relevant. So and so posted a new life event, new city. What who who are you to t I know them. I talk to them outside of Facebook like a regular person. I don't need you to tell me where they live now because I know. I have 600 events that I don't care about and I cannot make because they're all in cities I do not live in. So and so and 22 other people liked a photo that somebody's posted. What on earth would give you the impression that that is important to me? So by the way, the original post was excessive Facebook posts. I think the real issue, the real the real rant today is not excessive, it's Facebook posts at all. 
Everyone <laughs> needs to eliminate the existence of Facebook. Get get it out of here. It's it's worthless. In fact, it's negative. It's it's exploiting you and your data. Mark Zuckerberg is a mm-hmm. horrible beast of a person. <laughs> yeah, I will say almost the tragedy of Facebook is that there exists maybe five or ten friends whose posts I actually do enjoy because they are the type of friends that I'm just disconnected enough from them that we don't like text or we don't like it would somehow be weird to text or talk on the phone or actually like we don't maybe we live in different cities so we don't see each other but they're people I care about enough that for them to post life updates is like kind of nice to see but then outside of those five or ten people I mean let me see how many friends I have I'm, I'm ready to get mad Let's do it, man. I have a thousand. I have a thousand. One thousand sixty-five. Whoa, friends. big baller over here! I don't know how close to that, man. You must be really cool. I, I mean, once you, this has come up far too often recently. Once you do things like work at camp, you like become friends with everyone you worked at camp with, whether you were like close to them or not. Yeah, and man. Suddenly, that's like, if you, were, you just like. Or you're in certain like student organizations, whatever it is, you just like blanket add people or get added by people, and then it's just. Before you know it, you have too many friends. And like I said, out of those 1,000 people, I feel like I see the same, t- like, maybe 50 people. Not even, like, like 20 people. And five of them are posts that I'm, like, genuinely excited to see. And the rest of them, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I don't want to see this. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. I have, Paul, I have three friends on Facebook, which 1,000 is, is really impressive. I only have three. <laughs> And well, didn't you say you deleted it or something? How come How come every time I send you a Facebook request for a friendship that it just doesn't happen? I keep sending you and it doesn't work. <laughs> Did you actually delete your account? No, I'm just Zach? kidding. No, I, I have an account. I just I don't feel comfortable revealing the amount of friends I really do have because it's significantly <laughs> less than you. I don't want you to think that this is me bragging. No, it is though. I, but, I, it, it, but, but it is though, right? Like it, it definitely is. Like, oh, hey, everyone, round of applause for Paul here. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, I don't I, feel that way at all. I'm just joking. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And it's weird that with that many friends, you would think that I would somehow have a better or more connected experience, but I don't. I wouldn't I feel think, more, Paul, I, you know, the funny thing is, is I would never think that. <laughs> in fact, in <laughs> fact you, probably have, you probably have a significantly worse experience than anyone else who has less friends than you. <laughs> it's true. And that's, I, you know what? That's part of the thing. Is that at some point in middle school or high school, whenever I created Facebook, it somehow felt like a status symbol to have tons of friends. So I feel like I probably add tons of people. But now, I feel like part of the reason I don't share anything is because there's a thousand people. And I don't even remember who's included in that 1,000. And so do I really want to share, like, where I am or what I'm doing with it? It just feels weird. (laughs) It feels really weird. (laughs) There is nothing of value. It's a lot I'm, of people. I'm, I'm finding a lot of good pictures of me from the past, which I'm appreciating. I might just save all of them and then just uh, completely obliterate this website from my existence. But all in all, I mean, nothing nothing new is being said here, right? Just, it's just a garbage service. And Facebook can just rot in hell <laughs> along with Mark Zuckerberg. Heard it here first, folks. Do you want to, uh, no, in fact, you have not heard it here first. This is probably the 6,000th time you've heard this take, but it, it still rings true. Um, Paul, are you, can we do positive rants? 
it's been, it's been a lot of negative energy tonight, and I'm just ready to kind of shake it off. Uh, I'm going to start because I didn't even do a negative rant, which was not your fault. It was my fault because I didn't prepare for this episode. <laughs> but, it's okay. I think, I, think, I think this has been great. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, a vote of confidence from Paul. I actually do. I've, I've been enjoying myself too. Um, good. This one's going to be pretty short, which is fitting because we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> but um, today I was driving home from work. I was actually driving to the bar from work because that's where my life is at this point. <laughs> um and I realized how fun it is to uh, – I guess before I get into this, I need to ask you, Paul. Do you uh, call it cursing, cussing, or swearing or some other word? I feel like I've used all those words in different contexts. But I feel like cussing is probably the one I would most frequently use to describe the, those kinds of words. I am typically also a, a proprietor of the term cuss. But to me, that seems like, and it doesn't stop me from saying it, but I feel like the word cuss is to curse as like yeller is to yellow. Like some, it's like some leftover yeah. remnant from some like country ass bumpkin whiskey moonshine making mountain man and like the Colorado Rockies. Like that's how, like when somebody says cuss, that's absolutely like, oh, your ancestors were like trailblazers to the wild west. That may not be true, I, but what, what's I think the reason I like the word cussing, though, I know I'm sorry, I'm not trying to derail you, but I think the re- reason I like the word cussing is that the way at least I use cussing or observe cussing is that there exists like swearing, which is like on on God, I'm going to do this to you or like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I feel like those words, I don't use them in a way that's swearing anything to anyone. And the same thing with the cursing is like, I feel I feel like that comes from this idea that you're going to be like, you're trying to like a Vatican like, to put a curse on someone. It's like, oh boy, I, I don't like you. And so I, I hope that shit befalls your family. <laughs> I, I, well, there, there you th- did a cuss inside a curse. Yeah, I guess so. And so cussing to me feels like it describes the words. Uh, swearing somehow implies anger or cursing implies anger that like at something or something. I don't a know. Directional. A directional application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just was curious about that because whenever I say the word cuss, I feel like I'm – I'm say, I'm like I feel like I've increased dramatically the chances that in the future in a future sentence I'm going to use the word like ornery or something. <laughs> like that ornery bull had me had me cussing like a sailor or some shit. Anyway, <laughs> I find cussing/cursing/swearing to be uh, extremely therapeutic and I really like that it exists. I like that bad words are in the English language and that they're free for me to use because I'm an adult. And just the, what makes these words so beautiful, and I'm going to avoid using a majority of them because we try to maintain a PG-13 approximate rating for this show. But a lot of the really brief words, uh, possibly one that starts with an F and one that, <laughs> one that also begins with a, maybe a hard C, the, oh. wor- the, the brevity and the crap. force. <laughs> crap. Watch your mouth, Paul. This is a family-friendly show. <laughs> These words that are so brief but abrupt and just require a lot like a what's what's the what's the 
a pulsive or the pronunciation is a it's got a word for it that I can't think of right now. Um, but the way that you have to like, like really lean into it when you say it just feels so good. And <laughs> the, the, the wide applications of said words are so just feel so good. And I like the way that you can kind of inflect a tone, right? Like I, I'm not a fan of using bad words as a crutch for humor but it's always an enhancement, right? Like <laughs> I love I love saying a particular word in a certain way and that's dumbass. Like when you really stretch out the ass on dumbass. God, that feels good. Also, another good one, well, another one of my personal favorites is calling people raggedy bitches. I love the affectation raggedy as an adjective before a bad word is my favorite adjective you raggedy bitch nothing feels better Mm. and a lot of times if you're playing a character or you're imitating somebody or you're doing an impression bad words go a long way like dropping like a well goddamn just goes so far for a variety of characters that you could play (laughs) <laughs> and I just like to top this rant off with <laughs> there's a guy that I sit next to at work, which <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how close I am to having the show discovered by my coworkers, but today <laughs> I mi- <laughs> I mentioned that I went to a bar after work and uh, while we were planning to go to said bar after work, I was going with coworkers. We were planning on recording the show today, so um which I guess a peek behind the curtain, it's a Thursday. So somebody at work said, you, you want to go out for drinks after this? And I said, I can't really, I can't really today. Sorry, maybe another time. And then somebody said, you know what? Every other Thursday, Zach can't go out. <laughs> and then I was like, well, 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 shit. Because like, do they have some sort of calendar where they're keeping track of this? Because that's not something that I expected was so Because re- we don't record every other Thursday, by the way. Thursday is a fairly common day to record, but it is not the most common day. So when they called me out and said every other Thursday I'm unavailable to record, that got me a little bit paranoid that maybe they, maybe that was like their hint, hint, nod, nudge, nudge, like wink, wink, <laughs> that, hey, I know what you're up to, you son of a bitch. I know why you're busy every other Thursday because you have a podcast where you talk about me and the other people who sit around you every other week. So I'm really hoping that I'm just being paranoid and that's not the truth but anyway i sit next to wrap up this rant i sit next to a guy at work who is so notoriously short fused that he will drop an f word at any minor inconvenience it's (laughs) hilarious and i love it he'll like i'll be sitting at my desk and i'll just hear like over my cubicle wall like you mother (laughs) and then i'll stand up and i'll look at his desk and his computer isn't even on. I don't even know what he's looking at. He doesn't have an email opener. <laughs> the computer is off. What could he possibly be so angry about? He's talking to himself about nothing. He's just sitting staring at a blank screen and he's cussing like that. I love it. It brightens my day every time this guy's short fuse is hilarious. And I don't have to work with him directly, so it doesn't impact me. It's just funny. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I love cussing and it feels great. And uh, I have to limit myself dramatically when I'm on this show, which funnily enough, I make no effort to do when I'm at work. So maybe I need to correct <laughs> that. Uh, but that brings uh, to a conclusion this rant. I, I, I'm just going to add one thing on. By all means. About as you've been talking about this. Um, which, uh, first of all, I didn't know that you were going to uh, dirty up my uh, clean Christian show. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's been done. Let's play a replay um, of how many times you've dropped the F-bomb on the show that I've had to censor, Paul. Let's not go there. I, it's definitely more than you. <laughs> it may not be, but it's it's pretty, it's pretty one-to-one, it's, I feel it's like. Up there. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's something funny about cursing to me oh i just said cursing that was natural that was wow, interesting. Wow, I organic thought, i thought i thought cussing was the the first apparently you lied to me gotta rethink my entire life you bastard um <laughs> so there's something funny about cussing which is i mean i guess there's some people who will cuss anywhere to anyone it's but me. for me yeah, and for a lot me. of people i <laughs> for me and a lot of people i know you don't say any cuss words with strangers uh or even a lot of somewhat friends but then with your close friends you cuss a lot yeah and but then there's <laughs> and so and so there's a certain interesting dynamic that that creates where it's almost like cussing becomes a sign that you're comfortable with someone yeah for sure and so something weird that so if just like a weird random stranger cusses i just interpret that as all right they just like to cuss that doesn't mean anything but and this particularly happens at work there's almost this moment of like coming together that like if I'm working either with like a coworker or like a boss or even if it's someone from like not my like working like related to what I do at my job at all. <clears throat> like there's another company at my office, like maybe one of them. If one of them in a conversation feels comfortable enough to cuss in front of me, there's a weird moment where in my head I'm like wow, they were comfortable enough to cuss in front of me. Like, oh we yeah, we're cool close. now. We're cool now. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> And so there's a kind of funny thing about cussing in that sense that, like, because I only do it with people I'm close with, and I guess I must be really freaking close with all of you listening to this because I curse plenty on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. We make no effort. I mean, we make a little bit of an effort, but not that much. You <laughs> say one's wondering. My parents keep asking me, like, you do that podcast, right? Like, should we tune in? I'm like, nah, you wouldn't like yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's not for you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. It's not, not really your thing. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah b- because i consider it something i do only with like closer friends if someone chooses to do it around me or if i choose to do it around someone else it's almost like a subtle way of saying like we're cool like we're comfortable we're casual we're not we don't have to keep up this facade or these walls pretending that we're professional or like <laughs> not personal it just like let's it can have a good effect of communicating that you are comfortable with someone. Right. And that's kind of special to me. Yeah, I agree. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It it, it would be worse mm. if there were no words that were off limits, right? Like it's better yeah. that there are some words that you shouldn't say because that it makes for it just it's just a better situation. Sometimes you need words that you just shouldn't say. Mhm. I agree. Zach, is that all you had to say about this? Yeah, you you uh, you bet your ass, you son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, you uh, dumbass. I'm going <laughs> to move. Let's try to 
do it the way you did. I don't know if I did that justice, uh, but yeah, um, we could work on it. <laughs> anyways, I before I get into my thing, I actually want to say really quick. I've been told multiple times by people that they thought I was cussy around them, like to seem cool because they thought that my cussy was awkward, and I really <laughs> don't know what to do with that comment. <laughs> Like, they thought that I just was so unnatural at cussing that I must be doing it to try to fit in. And that's not the case at all. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's like one of those things where you're like, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't I don't give a crap. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how people view my cussing sometimes. That I don't know that well. Um, I don't know. I guess I just give off the vibe that I wouldn't be okay with cussing, even though I definitely am. But anyways, uh, I'm going to keep my topic pretty brief. Um, but it's just that I think I've recently, I, I, I was going to pretend that there's lots of examples. There's only one example. I've, I've experienced some like festival events in my city, which is Fort Worth. And it's kind of cool that there exists events that bring like people together I, I, this sounds so cheesy, but stick with me. So there's something called the Arts Goggle here in uh, Fort Worth, okay. where they closed down this entire street. It happened to be the street that I work on, Magnolia, um, and they it was on like a Saturday night, and just tons of vendors, like different artists, whether that be painters, uh, musicians, um, crafters of different sorts, food trucks, all came and just like parked in the street or set up tents in the street. And you could just walk around. And shop or talk to people. There's I love stuff like that, trucks. man. Yeah, there was like a, different like restaurants and places on the street set up stages and had concerts like local bands playing. And it's one of those things where I at first I didn't really want to go. I was like, eh, cool. Like I there's like a thing here, local artists, like whatever. I'll stick with the big name artist. Thank you. Uh, but I was proven really wrong. I ended up going. And it was a really cool time, and it's actually there was tons of local bands that I was actually like, oh wait, these guys are really good. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Which is something that you like sometimes forget that just because someone's not big, they can still <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. I've had which that is same realization. Yeah, because I should I should be all over that because this this podcast is tiny, and I want people to believe that it's good. <laughs> and like, I play music, <laughs> and I want people to believe that I'm good, but we I don't suck, have like man. a bunch of fans. We're the worst. <laughs> we really are the worst. <laughs> we're like so judgmental of like small artists, and we're like, all right, tell your friends about our tiny podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but legitimately, it was like a cool reminder of like the different like people in your city, and there was just like, definitely hundreds if not thousands of people on the street just crowded like it was real it was almost hard to walk around because there's so many people but that was actually like a cool energy that you don't i mean fort worth is a decent sized city but it's not normally like so crowded that you can't walk places like you're stuck in a crowd yeah um and so i don't know there are certain things like that that i am not prone to usually want to go to I'm not prone to want to do much of anything, actually. Usually, <laughs> I choose to stay home over doing even things that I have proven that I will love. Um, it's just kind of how I am. But once I was there, it was fantastic. It was fun. I, there, I got had some good food, listened to some good bands. Some people that I randomly knew had, like, uh, tents set up where they were, like, showing off their, like, 
carved woods or like their kids were, had made some bracelets they were selling. It was just like, I don't know, it was cool. Yeah. I'm, my point is more just like these organized, I don't know whether to call it festival or like arts, local gatherings are really cool and I'm pretty on board with them and actually would like to see more of that. <laughs> yeah, anything anything like with, with a bunch of tents and it's outside, I mean the weather's getting real crap now, but um, pardon my French, but uh, I've been to two barbecue festivals, uh, one in May, one in September. So like opposite ends of the summer where it was just outdoors, uh, a bunch of tents. Uh, you go around, you listen to some live music, you eat a lot of barbecue, you buy a shirt, like stuff like that, man. Yeah. Great time. Super fun. I'm, I'm a fan for sure. Yeah. It's a great time. So I, I'm fully on board. I, and I'm just, very much like I like spending time outside, which uh, didn't used to be me. I think I've talked about it before, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I totally, I know where you're coming from and, and I appreciate that too. I've only ever, I've only ever been to meat themed festivals for barbecue, but, um, I'm sure the other ones are great too, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. It's one of those scenes where like, you may not think that you're super into arts, whether that be paintings or like. I don't know. Like you can't think of, sorry. You can't think of a one other (laughs) art medium (laughs) than painting. That's all you got. I was trying to not carvings. It's like sculptures. Yeah. I think that's what I was going for. That's one. Uh, Drawings. You're on a roll, man. No, that's good. Three, three is good. Lots of, there's so much art. Yeah. There's Uh, a lot of art out there. You may not think you're like into that, but like once you like, can see and talk to people that make it and like look at it and like just walk around and see tons of people like it's surprisingly like fulfilling and wholesome and it's a good time agreed i agree um i think i think that pretty much wraps it up yeah i also agree with that i think that about wraps it up (laughs) uh thank you (laughs) to everyone for joining us on this adventure uh, episode 26 of not all bad you can like us on soundcloud and subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We haven't gotten a review in a while, so be the next person or the next 50 people and we'll shout you out on the show. Um, we haven't missed a shout out yet, so just leave a rating and review on iTunes. We're on Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at NotAllBadShow and uh, on email at NotAllBadShow at gmail.com. Again, we would really, really appreciate some more random rant idea submissions. You can email those to notallbadshow at gmail.com with the subject line random rant idea. And uh, if you do that, it's extremely likely likely that you'll be on the show soon because we're out of topics officially now. So yeah, uh, seriously, yeah, please. we, we, uh, we need your help. Uh, y'all really came through for the drunk episode, episode 23. Uh, match that same energy for next time and we'd really appreciate it. We have two guests lined up for uh, episode 27 and episode 28. If you want to be added to that list of guests, it's a first-come, first-served basis. We'll put you on the following episode whenever you're available. You could do so by emailing, again, notallbadshow at gmail.com, and just let us know that you want to be a guest. Uh, you don't have to have your topics picked out already, but if you do, that's perfect. Uh, if you don't, we'll help you figure something out. But reach out. We'll get you on the show. We'd love to have guests. We've had some uh, a couple of great ones in the past, both named Alex. Uh, you will be you'll be given special treatment if your name is also Alex. Other than that, first come, first serve. <clears throat> and finally, uh, I'd just like to ask, um, 
If you liked what you heard today, please uh, let somebody else know about it. Um, just tell them, tell somebody else that, ha- that doesn't listen that you uh, listen to a very uh, small podcast that you enjoy. And uh, that'd be really cool. We'd really appreciate it. I know that every time that somebody reaches out and lets Paul and I know that they started listening to the show or that they're enjoying the show, it means a ton. And we really, really appreciate it. And uh, a lot of that is because of people like you who are telling others about it. So thank you so much if you're doing that. And if you're not, uh, it would mean a lot if you started. Paul, uh, I think that that's going to conclude the outro as well. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add? I think I'm good. I appreciate you guys uh, listening this week, indulging me, uh, ranting about a movie that you either uh, haven't seen and don't care about or have seen and probably don't care about. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> what if we haven't seen it, but we do care about it? Because there's at that's least one impressive. person. I, you should. I mean, whether you whether it moves you to want to see it or not, <laughs> um, I hope at least someone out there in the audience is as passionate about the absurdity of the logic behind having to obey someone. You know, I'm getting started on this again. I'm going to cut. You do realize how ridiculous that sentence was, right? I mean, I could guarantee you that no person on the face of this earth is as passionate about Ella Enchanted as you are. (laughs) I don't even think Ella herself or the writer. Yeah, Anne Hathaway has forgotten that she made that movie. Despite Roger Ebert <laughs> calling it the best family movie of 2014, up, or 2000, oh, excuse me, 2004, up against uh, Shrek 2 and Prisoner of Azkaban, the best <laughs> Harry Potter movie and book, for the record. I, I do read. Um, <laughs> not anymore, but I did. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> and you won't hear it again. Uh, this has been uh, episode 26 of Not All Bad. I am Zach Andrews. And this is Paul Messman. Dance like nobody's watching. Rant like nobody's listening.